ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another Instant Recap Podcast. My name's Jake, and I'm joined on the couch once again by the one and only Minnesota Jack. How are you, Jacko? Uh, reeling. I'm reeling, <laughs> that's what I am. We're about to uh, recap for you all of our thoughts from the Jacksonville Jaguars thrilling 31-30 comeback win over the LA Chargers. Trevor Lawrence got off to a nightmarish start, four picks um, before I think we were even, you know, barely halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. Um, and then he turns it around after that. Four touchdowns, no turnovers thereafter. Uh, the Chargers faded after halftime. The Chargers went in... Went up 27 nothing to start with. Um, the Jags tacked on a late touchdown and looked like they'd found something before halftime. Mm. And that's how it played out in the second half. The Jags had found something. They adjusted during the break and outscored the Chargers 24-3 uh, to in the second half. The field goal to win it at the buzzer, a uh, 36-yard field goal. I mean, that included a missed field goal as well from the Chargers. Mm. The Chargers had an opportunity, um, you know, to take a field goal and, and it hooked uh, late to miss. What, what, what are you thinking? What's the, what's the predominant thought coming away for you? Like, what, what's at the forefront of your mind right now from this game? How did, or more importantly, what did the Chargers do differently? Yeah. I feel like the Jags, it's a pretty simple answer. They just, they, they didn't seem to adjust very much. I'm sure if you look at the film, there'd be ways to sort of talk about different formations, different play calls. But overall, it seemed like, as was indicated by Doug Peterson at halftime, like, we're just going to stick to our plan, just be better with the football. Yeah. So I feel like the question is more to be directed at the Chargers and go, what did you guys do differently? Yeah. Because the Jags just did what they intended to do, but better. Why were you guys not as aggressive? Why were you guys not covering receivers as tightly as you were? We were saying, like, in that first half, no one was open for the Jags. Yeah. The Chargers were all over them and without giving up any penalties as well. Like, we're playing really tight coverage, but not so aggressive that they were penalizing themselves. But something changed in the second half where they just... They they just couldn't do it. They were they were they were letting the Jags wheel and deal, just yeah. do what they wanted to do. They, they, you felt like the 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 Jags were very rarely under pressure yeah. in that second half. They kind of they had the freedom and the the comfort to sort of just pick the play calls they wanted to do and mm. read progressions. And this guy's open, move to him, move to him. Guys wide open for a touchdown here, wide open for a touchdown there. Yeah, and then on offense. Why were the Chargers... They weren't that great on offense in the first half. You know, they were just benefiting from a lot of turnovers. But yeah. they were putting up points. They were getting field goals. They were getting touchdowns. Why did it just fall apart? And this is one of those games where there's nothing scientific behind it. But if you're a strong believer in momentum, this is a perfect <laughs> example of it. Because there is no... What presents to me right now, there is no real reason why the Jags came back beyond just the power of momentum and vice versa for the Chargers. Well, I think, you know, something that I that we talked about in the first half when we were sitting on the couch was, like, 
Mate, on the couch should be the new podcast name. Mm. Uh, going into 2023. Um, was that the coverage from the Chargers in the first half in the secondary, like, was so tight. Like, I barely felt like... You, you, you never saw an open wide receiver. Like, it was so hard to find instances in the first half where Herbert's able to... Um, rather, Lawrence is able to make those quick sort of check downs or those quick throws to space to pick up five or six yards, which is kind of what the Jags' offense thrives on. Like, watching Lawrence the last, say, you know, month or so has almost sometimes been, not painful, but, like, it's so painstaking at times in that it, it, it's very just rhythmic and machine-like. It's like, ball is snapped, look, look, bang. Ball is snapped, look, bang. Like, it's, it's all about getting it out quick. And I thought it was like this perfect storm in the first half where Lawrence is always thinking getting the ball out quick, in rhythm, that's what we want to do. And the Chargers, with their coverage, took away all of that short, quick game that they normally are able to hit to keep the chains moving. And, and so it was just this perfect fusion of great coverage, Lawrence's desire to get it out quick in the, you know, within the system of the offense. And then this other thing that I said to you at halftime, I was like, this is a big thing with Lawrence in college. I remember scouts talking about this in his last year in college, saying one of the things he's going to have to be careful of is his final year in college, he was throwing just, you know, every so often these interceptions that it's like the window he was trying to fit the ball into was so minuscule. But it was like he just had this supreme confidence that his confidence that his arm was strong enough, his accuracy was good enough, that he could basically put it in a keyhole. But it's like you don't get away with that so much. So he he already has this innate you know, super sense of belief in his arm, which fair enough, he's got, got a strong arm, he's very accurate. But just it was this perfect storm of he was probably forcing it too much. The charges were covering brilliantly. Like you, I'm interested to see, to go back and actually watch the All-22 mm. on this and compare first half to second half, like sort of plot the formations and personnel that was mm. being run first half. Because I, I agree, like, my instinct would be that they did stick to what they were doing, but they did it better. So it's like, how did you create mm. the scenario in which you could play the offense you wanted to, where in the first half you were being shot, you know, shut down? Another thing I just wanted to mention too, and get your thoughts on it, I think this is still, like, I know this is how the Chargers often roll. Justin Herbert throwing 43 times, and with their running backs, they only ran it 20 times. Herbert had three carries, and they didn't run it well, the Chargers. Mm. Eckler, 13 carries, 35 yards, 2.7 yards per attempt. Joshua Kelly, 7 carries, 20 yards, 2.9 yards per attempt. Like, I don't know, I just feel like this offense puts so much on Justin Herbert. You know? Yeah, which is crazy considering everyone knows how talented Austin Eckler is. Yeah. Yet, they don't seem to want to give him 20 carries a game. No. It's not a part of their... Offense, and I get it, you know, he's a pass-catching running back, but that should be, like, an extra part of your game. Not your, Austin Eckler shouldn't be a receiver who also goes in at halfback. He should be a running back mm. who can every now and then get a couple catches and, you know, break it open for, for a big game. But they seem to just go, nah, we're going to maybe run you sometimes. And then also it's a coaching thing. Where when he does run, I don't know, it seems like 
they haven't they don't really have the scheme to run consistently, which is probably why they give up on him so quickly is that he sometimes depending on his games, he can get really good runs, but on yeah. a day like today when it's not quite working, yeah. They don't have another way to get him involved in the run game. It's like, okay, I guess we just got to let Herbert throw 40 times. It's like there are teams out there that when the run game isn't working, they find other ways to get it working. They don't just give up and say, well, I guess we're not running the ball well today. Mm. Like, the 49ers do that really well, where if they're not running it up the gut very well, they'll go, okay, let's pitch it out here. Let's do some reverses. Let's do some... Screens. Yeah, let's get some other ways to get them involved, whereas I think they bail too early. Um, And funny how they gave up a massive lead, and yet it wasn't really because they were being that conservative either. It, yeah. it was almost the opposite. It's like, maybe just try and find a way to get Eckler to just chew up the clock. Mm. I think there was one drive when they maybe did a bit of that, but yeah. it ended in a field goal, and that was about it. The, the, just adding up here on the fly, um, Austin Eckler, 15 touches of the football, so he had two receptions for eight yards, 13 carries for 35. So all up, 15 touches for 43 yards. Now, he gets the two touchdowns, but they were both sort of red zone possessions. And still, you know, two touchdowns, two Mm -hmm. touchdowns. But so probably the most talented player on the offense, you know, in terms of your weapons around Justin Herbert. Eckler, I would say, one of the most diverse weapons in the NFL, has 15 touches uh, for 43 yards and two touchdowns. Conversely, Travis Etienne... Uh, had 21 touches for 121 yards. So just that ability to get the running back involved, there was a good spread of options uh, as for the Jags in the passing game. Evan Ingram, seven catches, 93 yards a touchdown. Christian Kirk, eight catches, 78 yards a touchdown. Zay Jones, eight catches, 74 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones, three catches, 29 yards and a touchdown. Like... That's a good spread mm. of uh, of targets, you know, and and while Herbert found a lot of guys, like he had what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine different receivers on the day. Only three of them went at more than ten yards a catch. Only one guy cleared like that seventy yard mark, and that was Gerald Everett. Just an interesting interesting thing I get you wonder like how much does the absence of Mike Williams make and you know how much difference does that make and the other thing I guess and I'll pivot to you to talk about this because I think you've got sort of strong feelings on it and it's it's to do with this so Mike Williams is injured playing in a dead rubber game yeah and now the Chargers basically gag away what the biggest playoffs come back of all time. I think they said 27 points. It's bigger than 28-3, which was... Yeah. I think... I it, think it's up there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely way up there. So, your thoughts on Brandon Staley and next year? Do you, like you, you said before the game, we, we talked and we were like, you know, could this be Brandon Staley's last game in charge if they lose? And when they're up 27 nothing, you're like, well, there's no thought of that. But then... They charge her, like the Chargers charge her. What, what do you think? Do you think there's a realistic chance that he's moved on? To quote NSYNC, bye, 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 he's <laughs> gone. No way after giving up. When you're a defensive coach, mm. right? when you give up that many points in a playoff game, 
to a Jaguars team. Like, we're not talking about the Chiefs, who had some mm. unlucky turnovers and were down early, and then, you know, they're the Chiefs, so they put up those amount of points. It's the Jags. And you were up 27 to nothing. And when it came to halftime, you couldn't make the adjustments. Mm. You knew that they were going to come out and fight back. You knew it. They were down 20 points at half. Of course they're going to come back and, and fight. So you as a coach, your job is to go, okay, we know they're going to come back. Let's make it real tough for them. Let's make them earn every single snap, every single inch. And when you do that consistently, eventually the other team wears out. They go like, oh, I've been fighting so hard and it's not working and we're not quite getting the points we need and all of a sudden that hope goes away. Mm. And that's how most teams avoid giving up big leads in the playoffs or just big leads in general is because it's really tough to come back because you have to score lots of points yeah. and stop the other team from scoring. Yeah. So the fact that Brandon Staley wasn't able to get his team under control and get them to stop the Jags on offense and 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 then on their own offensive mm. side of the ball, that they just couldn't move it with any kind of effectiveness, it, it's really damning. And I, I don't know why a coach who's already on the hot seat, it's already before this game, there were questions about whether or not he'd be back next year. Mm. A guy who's in the playoffs, right? If that's If he's already on the hot seat, there's no way giving up a 27 to nothing lead in the playoffs. Mm. There's no way that you survive that, in my opinion. I don't know. I feel like that Chargers team and that front office is frustrated. They're like, we've got Justin Herbert, mm. one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Joey Bosa, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Derwin James. We've got all this talent. And yet, this is our first playoff game since we've gotten Herbert and gotten this crew together, and we lose in that fashion, nah, well, the, he's gone. Well, the, I'll be interested to see, because there's another factor of, of this, is that Justin Herbert is currently on his rookie deal. This was the third year of his rookie deal. Next mm. year's the fourth. Like, you're getting towards that time of where Justin Herbert isn't going to be earning, you know, a small quarterback's contract anymore. Yeah. Like, Justin Herbert is going to get... It's going to be time to pay Justin Herbert... Um, and so you, you want to be sure, like basically, you know, when these guys are on their rookie deal, you, you want to get the absolute most out of it while you can spend on the rest of the roster. Exactly around that guy. And yeah. so if there's any shred of doubt, I think for the charges that Staley isn't the guy, then I, I don't think they'll fuck around with it sort of thing. Um, it's interesting to think about how both these seasons have ended, you know, he took over in 2021 they lost, I thought, in an embarrassing fashion when they were basically trying to play out the tie with the Raiders. Yeah. And the Raiders, in the end, went, well, fuck it, we're going to win. Mm. And they won the game, and thus preventing the Chargers going to the playoffs. This year, they get their way into the playoffs, you know, with a relatively strong second half of the season, and then they lose this. And the biggest criticism of Brandon Staley has been game management. Yeah, situational, you know, football and that sort of thing, and there were just times where you horrible know, challenge as well. Should not have challenged that that catch. It was yeah. like 
yeah, you end up with no timeouts yeah. at the end of the game. Um, you know, you've got Bosa throwing his helmet and getting flags and, and you know, giving yep. the, the other team yardage. And, and I get that they were frustrated. But it's funny because the Chargers, you know, Bosa's frustrated because he thought he was being held. God, the Chargers got away with a lot in the first half. Yes. In terms of the coverage. like The, 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 the second pick from yeah. Lawrence should have been P.I. Uh, and shouldn't have counted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to work out now, like, do the calculations. Who do the Jags play next week? They were the four seed because they were actually a division winner. So I'm tr- I don't know if you know. You, you seem to have know. your head I'm pretty sure that ch- I know the Chargers were going to play the Chiefs, the one seed, if they won. Okay. But now that the Jags have played, I don't yeah. know how it reseeds if okay. they still go ahead and play the Chiefs because I don't know. It'd be interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, uh, and, and, and like, I guess if if you want to, if you think you can find that out, yeah, well, um, just um, quickly. Yeah, you quickly waffle on. Yeah, I'll find out for you. Well, I was just going to say this game for Trevor Lawrence. I was thinking about the narratives moving forward for both these quarterbacks. Of like, careers can be defined by stuff like this. Like, this is how you separate yourself as being, say, the number one or the number two quarterback of your era versus being the number four or five or six. Mm. And I feel so much for Justin Herbert watching these other guys having these moments. You know, Joe Burrow comes into the league. You know, you're already in a division yourself with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, all these guys in your conference. And and now Trevor Lawrence does this. And this game reminded me in so many ways of some classic like Ben Roethlisberger stuff where there's games that stick out in my mind where Big Ben would have a horrific first half where he'd throw three or four picks and you'd be like, holy shit, like they need to bench this guy because he's going to just throw the game away. But they stick with them because they know they're actually going to throw their way out of it. Eventually the cream sort of rises to the top and that's exactly what happened. And I just think like... For Trevor Lawrence, you just take so much confidence out of this. Like, you know, you were able to weather four interceptions and then come back. Like, at one stage, I don't know, he was like four of 16. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and ends up, um, as I said, we're doing this on the fly, so I don't have it fully calculated. But, you know, he was four of 16 at one point and ends up 28 of 47. So it's that... 24 of 31 to finish the game after that yeah, point. my God. <laughs> you know, with four touchdowns and no picks uh, and 250 yards, that's that's nuts. And um, I just think he's got such a bright future. I think Doug Peterson is the perfect coach mm. for, for... Went for two. <laughs> Went for two to be down Stones. two to then... If he, if he goes for one there, yeah. we're probably still watching overtime right yeah. now. They kick that field goal, take it to overtime. Yeah. Crazy, craziness. Um, have you got... I do. So yeah. if all goes according to what we probably think is going to happen yeah. in terms of Bengals will beat the Ravens because yeah. Ravens has... They'll be starting whoever. Yeah. Um, and then Bills deal with Skylar Thompson. Then it will be Jags versus the Chiefs. Whew. And then depending on who wins those other matchups, they might play the Bills, they might play the Bengals, they might okay. play the Ravens. Um, won't play the Dolphins, but it could be a combination of a bunch of things. But I doubt... If, if if form holds, if yeah. the favourites kind of win... Yeah. Uh, the Jags travel to Arrowhead. Massive game. But <sighs> tell you what, there'd be some nerves, I think, as the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, in, in that game. Because um, I kind of feel like, going back even earlier in this season, the, the Chiefs won 27-17. Mm. 
over the Jags. Um, you know, probably a comfortable-ish game in the end. Like, Mahomes, <laughs> 26 of 35 for 331, four touchdowns. Um, but Lawrence was pretty good. 29 of 40, 259, two touchdowns. Anyway, we can get to all that as it unfolds. Any final thoughts? Or are we... Uh, Brandon Staley needs to pack his bags and take a one-trip uh, <laughs> ticket to Thailand, I think. I think, yeah, join Cliff. Cliff, brother, you got a spot, yeah, somewhere down there for me. Um, that was wild. What a wild opening day of yeah. the playoffs. Um, crazy stuff. Really saved it, I feel like, this game. If this game was, like, ended charges 35 to 10 then it would have been a bit of a, a bit of a wet fart day. Yeah. Like, you know, Seahawks put up a bit of a fight, but ultimately 49ers dealt with them. And then Did you take the two teams who won? Jazz? Yeah. Yep, me too. So we're two from two. Our, our uh, sicko spreadsheet bet oh. here. We got an Eckler touchdown. Yep. And, um, and over 46 and over a half. Over 46 and a half. We're flying. We're flying. Oh, flying high. All right, guys. Uh, we will be back with more recaps as the playoffs roll on. Hope you've had a great day of football. Thanks, Jack. No worries. Sitting on the couch and doing the pod. Uh, until next time, go get some more football. Up ya! Yeah.